At one point after I had moved away from home, my younger brother and sister shared a car. One weekend I was home and my brother had left the gas tank on empty. Apparently this was a frequent occurrence. And my sister was quite vocal about her displeasure at having no gas in the car, needing to be on time to her job, and probably lacking funds and time to stop and get gas on the way. My sister is feisty, kind of a no-holes-barred, take-no-BS kind of person. She didn't, doesn't ever really hold back on what she's thinking about much of anything. It's one of the things that I sometimes uh, find myself feeling uncomfortable witnessing and also one of the things that I love most about her. Our house was an old frame house and the front door opened into the living room. You opened the front door and you were in the living room and off the sides were was a bedroom on each side, and then it was living room, dining room, kitchen. And then from, you could maybe 10 to 14 steps, depending on the size of the steps, you could be from one end to the other in in that amount of distance. So as my sister was on her tirade, moving from one end of the house to the I was sitting on the couch, so I, I watched this. I heard it coming and then watched it out, out the front door. And um, as she uh, passed through those rooms from the back to the front, sailed really from, from, from one to the other, she called out in frustration, I'm tired of driving to work on hope. She has a way with the words, my sister. Perhaps these days, though, it may not be true for us in a literal sense, but we may have a little bit of that feeling of exhaustion in our spirits, of trying to keep up with what is going on in the world and in our country and in our lives. And we may not be driving on hope, but we may feel that we are running on fumes as some people have described it, when their tank is empty. The world feels insane right now. Reverend Karen Johnson says it's because the empire is crumbling. It appears to be gaining in strength, and it is for now, but it is doing so as part of its death knell, she says. I wonder if I feel it more because I have not had to deal with life-threatening reactions to who I am and how I live on this planet. Perhaps this is true for you as well. The color of my skin, my education level, my socioeconomic status have afforded me a feeling of safety as I move through the world. But when I see what is happening to the experiment of democracy and what democracy can be, when I see what is happening to the liberation that we have worked for, the rights that we have worked for, the equality that we have worked for, this collective liberation that's vital to our survival, I feel uncertain and unsafe And I know that this is how people of color 
the people who are poor, the people who live with disabilities and immigrants to our country. This is how they move and have had to move through their lives. It's not new to them. But even some of them are shaking their heads. Is there hope? Is it even safe to have it? Well, I still do. I made that decision long ago not to ever give up hope. But it has been a struggle this year. But our Unitarian Universalist faith calls us to hope. We have a long history of hoping against all odds. We have a long history of people who showed up. David Eaton was the first African-American minister at All Souls Unitarian Universalist in D.C. And he said, I love this, he said that the primary purpose of the church, in fact, is to help people discover hope, create hope, and maintain hope. When we have no hope, we discover church we we at church discover hope together. And if we can't discover it together, then we create it together. That's the purpose of what we are doing here, he says. And our theologian Sharon Welch, well um we call her a theologian, but she calls herself an ethicist. But she warns us against cultured despair. Culture despair happens to educated, mostly middle-class white people. Two things happen. One is that we realize the vastness and the complexity of the many forms of injustice. So think about that for a minute. All the intersections of oppression, all the complications and the layers we get overwhelmed. It's like, what what can I do about this? What can we really do about this? And what happens is we realize that we actually don't have control over being able to change it. We don't know if we can change it or not. We don't know if our good work will make a difference. And it's culture despair because we're cultured, right? We're educated and we have that knowledge and we have the awareness of it. But because we think we may not be able to do anything about it, about the injustices, and because we may not personally suffer from them, then we don't do anything about them. We give up. And Raymond Tallis says that this is the evil of pessimism and it leads to do-nothingness. The antidote to this despair is to seek out what we don't know. The people who have lived their lives without a frequent sense of control. Reading the works of African American, Native American, Latina women, both scholars and fiction writers, who have not had the luxury of giving up hope, of giving up joy who see it as an act of resistance. But we then can understand more fully what it means to be in solidarity and to be accountable 
and frankly, to understand what it means to find hope and joy against all odds. We may have to accept that the serenity prayer may not be useful in this case. No disregard to those in recovery who have benefited from this prayer. But with what is going on, we may not be able to know what we can change and what we can't. But because we're Unitarian Universalist, we're compelled to show up, to honor that we are all connected to each other and to this earth. And again and again, throughout our history, we find writers and philosophers and theologians and ethicists who say that we're in it for the struggle itself, that the struggle itself has value, that we are not working toward an end, although we are, but we are working to be in the process. The work of the struggle is why we are here. This is the ethic of risk. To risk not being able to do anything about it. To risk not being in control. To risk looking foolish, making mistakes. To risk being in relationship. And also to risk joy. Again, Karen Johnston. These reactions to the dying of the empire are dangerous. Literally, they are life-threatening. But they are reactions to a system of power that is on the verge of collapse. Tragically, these reactions to a dying empire are harming those who are most vulnerable and they are hollowing out some of our most cherished values, forcing each of us to confront within ourselves what we are willing to risk, what comforts, what privileges, what illusions of security may we have to let go of. As has been true the past few years, it will continue to intensify. What will it take to live out our values of mutuality, of compassion, of surrender into the interdependent web, not just give lip service to it. We see our own limitations, our own clinging to the familiar, to the comfortable. I see in myself how easy it is to seek refuge in the privileges I have been afforded. What is being asked of us is a very hard thing. I'm not even sure I can, from my current perspective, see the whole shape and texture of this hard thing. End quote. I'm not even sure I can, from my own perspective, see the whole shape and texture of this hard thing. You know who else said that? Our Unitarian Universalist minister, Theodore Parker, said the same thing 
Years ago, the moral art of the universe is long. My eye can see but a little ways, he said, but I am sure it bends toward justice. No, we cannot see it. We cannot know what will happen. We may not even be sure anymore that it does, in fact, bend toward justice. But when our very basic human rights are under attack, when we are in danger of having our humanity stripped away, when we are encouraged to treat people as objects and corporations as people, it comes down to what we choose. And we get to choose. We get to say no to systemic inhumanity. We get to reject authoritarianism. We get to say yes to being there for each other. Yes to a chance at deservable survival. We are part of the empire. We are part of the empire. Our resistance to change supports empire. And our willingness to change is part of the resistance to it. And our resistance to authoritarianism. Our willingness to be in this struggle, to bring our gifts of love and service to the altar of humanity. That, my friends, offers hope to a bruised and hurting world and to us personally. Holly Near sings, I am open and I am willing, for to be hopeless would seem so strange. It dishonors those who have gone before us. So lift us up to the light of change. Someday, we will be those who have gone before. Someday, some minister in the future will be talking about those who remained faithful and hopeful, who kept love at the center. And she will be talking about us. Let us honor those in our faith who have gone before us, who have stayed the course, who have remembered what it means to be human, who have kept alive the hope. Let us be that light in the world. And when you can't feel hope, then I invite you to have faith. Have faith in humanity. Have faith that there are people who are keeping love at the center. And have faith in this Unitarian Universalist faith itself. Love is at the center here. It makes no difference to me, or I'm guessing to God, or to the universe, whatever your belief system is, it makes no difference if you call it faith, or love, or hope. 
but have something. Do not let go of what is precious. Choose choose one. What we are fighting for now is each other. For the sense of our own humanity and for the humanity of others. My humanity is tied up with yours and yours with mine and ours with those out there. The struggle is real and the struggle is worth it. Hold fast, my friends, to faith and hope and love. From Gretchen Haley. This world goes too fast to say all the stories that fill our lives. We struggle for the words and the friends that would listen, that would witness this much beauty, this relentless loss, this courage to continue on claiming confidence and joy. Here in this place, let us mark time as if it is our friend not running away, but offering itself with a new abundance, like a gift, ready to offer healing and mercy in the breathing together and in the silence, in the paying attention, in the music, and in the mystery. Not everything can be fixed in an hour. Not everything can be forgiven or saved. But here we remember that this is how we begin, moment by moment, making our lives one choice, one spark, one of hope, one willing yes at a time. Say yes, my people. Give hope a chance to rise up. And please rise now with your body or spirit as you are willing and able to sing People Look East. It is number 226.